If you're a veteran or military spouse of an early stage startup or small business and feel like you're making it up as you go, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to The Transition, where we demystify the entrepreneurial experience for veterans and military spouses who've already made or looking to make the transition from the military into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of the Bunker, a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of the Bunker Labs branding team. Today on The Transition, I'm joined by Regina Rempert, Chief Executive Officer and newly published author of Think Veterans First, an Ohio-based nonprofit whose mission is to promote, support, and advocate for veterans and veteran-owned businesses. Regina spent 21 years in the Army as a paralegal before becoming an entrepreneur, and now she's on a mission to challenge government agencies and large corporations to make sure they're including veteran-owned businesses front and center when it comes to conversations for large government contracts and vendor ones as well. On the show, we talk about Regina's background and the origins of Think Veteran First, along with how she's going about mobilizing the brand in Ohio and then eventually nationwide. Before you hear from Regina and I, be sure to subscribe to the Transition Newsletter at the link in the show notes. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or in the newsletter, shoot me an email at mike.stetman at bunkerlabs.org or message me directly on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. Also, I have a quick time-sensitive announcement. I have some free tickets left for the Military Influencer Conference in Las Vegas, Nevada, October 26th through 29th. If you're interested in going, shoot me a text at 832-284-1045 so I can get you a free ticket. This episode of The Transition is brought to you by MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, MetLife Foundation also provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show and that accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. Regina, welcome to The Transition. What's going on from Ohio? Oh, there's a lot going on right here in Ohio. We got the beautiful fall weather coming in. The leaves are changing. Um, Ohio State football is going on right now. So, yeah, there's a lot going on in Ohio right now. So uh, for our listeners, I had a chance to actually hang out with Regina in Ohio for the Vet Ohio Expo. I believe you said it was one of the first ones of its kind. You invited me in as a guest speaker, which I truly appreciate. And what was interesting about that, we talked about that while I was still in the process of writing my first book, um, Black Veteran mm-hmm. Entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Vet Ohio Expo, this is this was actually the second one. The first one we did was in 2021, and we had 42 exhibitors come out, combination of veteran owned and veteran friendly. But it was a really, really nice event. And uh, it was kind of... Uh, Funny that we had invited the National Veterans Memorial and Museum because we had to cancel. Uh, we had someone to come down with COVID, so they had paid for their space and they couldn't make it. And then we had someone else to cancel at the last minute. So we invited the National Veterans Memorial and Museum to come and exhibit and told them they wouldn't have to pay anything. The space was gifted to them. It had already been paid for. So they came to the expo and they had a wonderful time, got a lot of exposure. Uh, Spectrum News covered us, um, Pickerington Sun-Times covered us. And so it was a lot of good exposure for the museum as well as some of the other veteran-owned businesses that were there. 
So it was a really, really nice event. And so it was just ironic that that was in um, September the 9th, 2021. And in January, uh, the museum reached out to me to see if I wanted to host the event there with them. So that's kind of how that came about. Congratulations. I know how hard event planning is. It is definitely not my specialty. And I walked in and I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. And I know you put a lot of work into it. So kudos to you for building an amazing ecosystem out there in Ohio. I got a lot of positive energy going on in Ohio. My man, AJ Orr was on the podcast. We were talking about it. Yes, he was. um, I'm I'm excited um, to have you in the bunker um, and share your lessons learned for our listeners. Because I know one other thing about our community, so many of us want to give back, right? There's always this kind of like social component of helping other veterans. And not only have you talked about doing it, you're actually doing it with Think Veterans first. And we're going to get into some of that. But before we do, we got to take off our armor and get vulnerable. All right. And I'll go first. I'll go first. So I was talking to Dean Bunishu, right, who was the he was like a Bunker Labs director, ambassador. Um, he, He led the ambassador program for a little bit, I believe system program down in North Carolina and him and I were talking about a lot of veteran entrepreneurs are feeling this doom and gloom like people are getting beat up right um and if you let your mind wander it's easy to start thinking negative and start to get anxiety about things in the future that haven't even happened yet and listen y'all I'm human and I find myself slipping from time to time right But what I'm doing more recently is I'm just focused on the things that I control. I wrote a post on my LinkedIn today about being brilliant in the basics. I'm going back to the beginning, Regina. When I first started Ironbound Media, first thing I did was I built my brand. I built a menu of products and services. I had my flywheel and I just went out and got 10 customers. And that's what I focused on, right? And we were in the middle of the pandemic. So there was a lot of stress in there as well. And sometimes when you're growing your business, you quit doing the things that made you great in the first place. You know, we get the shiny object syndrome, like writing books and everything else under the sun. And and I'm glad I wrote my book. Don't get me wrong. It was a bucket list item. But now that the book is out the way, it's time to be brilliant again. Go back to the basics. So that's what I'm sharing. I'm sharing that I worry about the future as well. But at the same time, I'm being proactive and I'm going on the offense and I'm focusing on those things I just talked about. Right. So one, that's one of the reasons why I started the nonprofit is because it was during the pandemic. And at the time, there were a lot of movements going on, like shop small business, you know, support black businesses, you know, support uh, Latino businesses. And so there were a lot of initiatives out there, but there was nothing for veterans. And I think a lot of times we're we're overlooked because we blend in with all of those other groups. So we have veterans that are Latino. We have veterans that are African-American, you know, women, you know, we, we crossed the gamut, but there was nothing specifically out there to promote veteran owned businesses. And I said, look, we've served our country, you know, with honor and distinction, we deserve to be recognized and appreciated. And so that's one of the reasons why, you know, I started it was by that, and then we transitioned to think veterans first. But I worry about the future of our veteran entrepreneurs because I read different articles and they say how 
um, you know, during after World War One, World War Two, how uh, plentiful the veteran owned businesses were and how they've declined over the years and some of the reasons for the decline. And so I was like, well, one of the reasons why we're declining is that people don't know who we are. People don't know what we do. Uh, and they're not supporting our veteran-owned businesses because so many times I've heard people say, I didn't know they were veteran-owned. You know, I would have bought my TV from them, you know, or I didn't know they were veteran-owned. I would have had them do my lawn care. So, um, you know, they don't know who we are. They don't know what we do. And so that's one of the missions of Think Veterans First is to bring awareness to our veteran-owned businesses out there. And I'm, I'm worried right now specifically about growth because we have uh, Intel coming in. I mean, Columbus is going to be booming when the new Intel facility uh, takes root here. And so where are we going to fit in? You know, we need to be front and center. Here we are. This is what we do um, so that we can get some of those contracts and things that are going to be going given out when the Intel plant comes in. So there's a growth going on. Yeah. But, you know, we need to be a part of that growth as a as a community, as a veteran community. You know, I was just listening to. Um, I don't know if I was listening to it. I was reading a book. Right. And it was talking about when the Atlanta airport came in, like the 1970s, it created like 21 uh, black millionaires just off the contracts alone for that airport. Right. And when you think about, like you said, something like this Intel plant that's coming, that presents a lot of opportunities for contract work, vendor, you know, the full gambit for veterans, right? Of all states and color and stuff, et cetera. And so kudos to you for identifying that. And now that you got time, right, I think you need to champion it by publishing white papers, getting front and center, getting on the news, you know, letting people know. Like you need to have a campaign specifically around making sure that those contract that when this plant comes, right? Um, veterans are going to get contracts. And what's cool about that is that's such high profile visibility. I think if you focus on that, that is going to bring more visibility to the work you're doing at Think Veterans First, because that's going to give you the platform, right? To Because people are going to want to hear that. Now, we jump right into you sharing about Think Veteran First, but I want you to get vulnerable for us. Take off your armor, because you just came off this amazing event, right? You've got this great book, by all accounts, people say, oh, Regina, you're killing it. But behind the scenes, I know you got some bumps and some bruises. So what's what's beating you up these days? How is it? Well, let me be honest about this because I am bumped and I'm bruised right now. So the first year um, that we held the expo, uh, we didn't have the support. We didn't have the sponsorship that we needed. And so I went into the hole um, you know, my husband and I, our money went to cover a lot of the expenses for the first Vet Ohio Expo. And so, you know, that was a hardship. That was a strain, you know, strain on the family, on the finances and everything else. So you saw how awesome the event was this year. I mean, we had guest speakers coming in, Frank LaRose, you know, and different ones coming in. Um, but I took a loss again this year on the event. I so, so I appreciate you yeah, sharing. And this is listen, yeah. value for value, y'all. We gotta support each other. You know, and I think one of the things we gotta learn, and it's hard to learn. I actually had to learn this from my business coach, 
we can only make so much impact on a shoestring right. budget. Right. And the mental shift for me was when in, I sat down with Bill, who I had on this platform, and he was like, because, you know, we all have these reservations of charging people more, and especially when we're doing community work and social impact work and stuff, et cetera. But he's like, listen, charge more and then put it in the nonprofit. You know, it gives you more flexibility. It gives you more space. And so, you know, I know a lot of us out there want to help each other in our communities and, you know, um, in our business and in, in our communities, want to help veterans and stuff. But we also got to make sure we're not just treading water ourselves, you know. And so sometimes that means, hey, we will do this amazing event, but it's going to cost. Right. And here's the why. And always go start with the why. Hey, we want to host this amazing event. But in order for this to happen, we need X. And so hopefully, you know, as we move forward, you don't got to come out of pocket again because we get a, get ahead of it. Right. So one of the things that uh, we've really been working on is branding. And I'm going to give you kudos right now because I was part of the Bunker Lab cohort four group and you came, you were one of our speakers. Okay. And so I learned so much from the, the branding and the different things that you taught us during that experience that have really helped me. I mean, uh, it was a it was a greater loss last year than it was this year. So there's some improvement there. But I think with the continued branding, you know, and some of the other things that we learn from you, um, you know, it, it will be even better come going forward. Yeah. And so the, the, the goal future state is not for the veterans to have to pay anything. Everything should come from sponsors. Yeah. And I think the sponsors are out there. Uh, there's a lot of people that support veterans and veteran causes. Um, so that's future state. What I would like to see is you know, for the veterans not to have to pay to exhibit. I mean, the exhibitor fee is not very much. It's minimal. It was $149 for nonprofits, $199 for veterans, and $249 for just regular civilian veteran-friendly companies. So that's not really a lot when you look at some of the other um, events that you see. Um, so we wanted to keep the price low so that we could encourage the participation. But now, you know, we need to start continuing to build that brand so that we can get the sponsors um, and things like that to cover the costs. Got it. I'll tell you, um, and this is a lesson learned for, I think, our listeners. I'm challenging you. This is a note, right? I'm Brandon. Focus on who, not how. Right? So who right. do we need in order to support this event? Because at Ironbound Boxing, right, we held our first ever scholarship dinner, right? I hit up one of my donors, and I just called him, and I said, hey, we would love to host a scholarship dinner in New York City. I was wondering if this some of you be interested in, you know, hosting. I've been. Say no more. I'll take care of all of it, right? One phone call, right? Wow. It was that one person that was able to facilitate that. And what you got to do is we got to get tight with the ask, especially for us in the social space, right? Because a lot of times people want to help, but we need to come to them with specifics. And sometimes we overload them. We want this, we want this. I'm like, here's what I want you to do. You know, I would love, you know, for you to sponsor this event. This is what it's going to cost. This is the impact we're going to make. And for some people, that's going to be enough, you know? But their values have to align with your values. 
So if they're already promoting veteran-owned businesses and they want to do more specifically in Ohio, and they're already thinking about this, you know, um, the Intel contract and stuff like that, right? Like those are people we want to talk to. And all it takes sometimes um, is, is one. And so just something to think about because a lot of times in branding, we end up focusing on like a hundred different personas and this and that. But sometimes you just need to focus on that one, that one perfect customer that believes in you, that believes in your potential and wants to support because their value right. on with yours. Right. And so I've reached out to I've reached out to Intel and I'm going to continue to reach out to them because they're going to be the new kids on the block. And that's a great way for them to come into the Columbus community is showing that they support our veterans and our veteran causes. You know, they're going to be willing to hire our veterans, um, you know, buy from our veterans and things of that nature. So I have reached out to them and I would love to get them as a sponsor. Um, You know, I'm working on that. And also going back to the sponsors that we did have to try to get more support there. Um, And then some of the ones that we didn't get, go back to them again with additional information um, and try to pick them up as a sponsor. Uh, But I think long term, we need continual support, not just support for a one time event. We need continual support. How much do we need to raise in order to make next year not come out of pocket? Um, I would say probably thirty to forty thousand um, to cover all of the expenses for next year. All right, so let's reverse engineer this process, right? So I'm going to bump it to fifty because um, we spent close to forty this year. So I'm going to say fifty for next year for sure. All right, fifty thousand dollars. All right, that's either five donors, corporate donors at ten k. Right. All right. And for those, I would think about targeting one, they're veteran owned small businesses out there with good cash flow, right? So they probably need to be generating at least $1.5 million plus, right? So that they can afford, you know, to give away 10K or something, et cetera, right? Um, but that's a, I feel like that's an easy ask. And then just reverse engineer the process, you know? So we focus on five, right? Um, or, you do 10 at 5K each, and you create a scoreboard, right? And you track, you know? And every week, that's what you're focused on, right? Your metric is the number of um, donors you were able to secure at the 5K price point. So this is us thinking about this as like a business now, because it is, right? You have a product. Your product that you're selling is sponsorship of this platform that's going to amplify the veteran-owned businesses in Ohio. What does it cost to have your name, you know, to be a sponsor, whatever? It's going to cost you either 5K or it's going to cost you 10K, right? Or maybe you have a super package that's like 50K. And then what you do is you build a process, a sales process focused on selling those, you know? So again, you treat it like a business, just like I'm selling podcast production services or brand strategy. You know, you jump on calls, you qualify leads, right? You determine who would be a good fit. And then guess what? Boom, you jump on one. At the end of, let's say, a month, maybe you sell two or three of those. Guess what? That's 15K right there, right? You get better at refining that process. Um, Because when we launch, again, we think we know who our perfect customer is. Like, we assume that maybe all these, it's these veteran-owned businesses that are generating upwards of, 
you know, 1.5 million plus in revenue with good cash flow. But then you find out it's like the Economic Development Association because they're like, hey, we got funding for this. We've been looking for something like this. We would love to talk to you. So we don't know. We don't know, which is why we got to get out and start treating this like a business so we can have the real conversations with people. See, people will tell you everything you want to hear when you jump on. Oh, this sounds like a great idea. We love to support that. Charge them on the spot. You know, we need to have sales conversations, even as even those of us running nonprofits, you know, you got to yeah. have our ass yep. dialed in. Yep. Because you have to be able to cover the cost somehow. And uh, I agree with that because ECDI, uh, Economic Development, they were one of the sponsors this year and they've reached out to me again. They want to do even more for the organization. And so um, that's great. I have a meeting coming up with them. But also the city, you know, the city of Columbus, where are you? You know, this brought income. We had ex exhibitors come in from as far away as San Diego, California. So it's bringing people into Columbus. They're staying at hotels. You know, they're bringing in revenue. So city of Columbus, you know, wh where are you? So I've been reaching out to them as well for support. So here's the deal. I'm going to tell you on that. And I want y'all to push back on me, my listeners, right? If I'm saying anything wrong, shoot me a message on LinkedIn or email me at uh, mike.stebbin at bunkerlabs.org. But here's what I'm going to say about this, Regina. For us as small business owners, nonprofit leaders, et cetera, right? The challenge when trying to deal with the government for these things is they can't make decisions on the spot a lot of the time. Right. right? And you end up, you can go broke waiting to hear back. Right. You get on with the right business owner, someone that believes and wants to support you. They can send that check that day. You're on a Zoom call and they're wiring the money in your bank account that day. And I know because it happens to me all the time. OK. You know, so again, I think sometimes we're like government and stuff sounds great. But uh, man, let's go to the people. Right. There are people that believe in what we're doing. Like who are the super people in Ohio that just love Ohio? They've, they got like five car lots. You know who I'm talking about? They're like the kids of Ohio. <laughs> like they love Ohio State football. You know, that's your branding right there. You could just start by talking to Ohio State football people, you know, because they bring in a lot of money. You know, you start making your little video and you're wearing Ohio State um, jersey, right? Little stuff like that. That's because you can borrow that brand credibility. You know, so when you're coming out, we're like, okay, we're Think Veterans first. We're a new organization. A lot of people, they don't really know you yet, but they know Ohio right. State football, and that's something that they can relate with. You like Ohio State football, and you're helping the community, and you're serving veterans, take my money. Let's go. Right. So those are things yeah. that I would probably think about playing around with. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's good advice. So. Uh, and just to add, uh, I did graduate from Ohio State University. They did support us. They were one of our sponsors, too. But I'm trying to get a little bit more from them as far as book sales and things like that and more support for, you know, future. And so you got support by Ohio State. But what about alumni? Have you been hitting up alumni? Yes, I have. Um, also, some of the uh, fraternities and sororities that are here, you know, that have. Um, going to the posts and the legions, you know, to try to do book signings and get support from them. I did get some support from one of them, but um, I, I spoke to one today and I'm going to continue to reach out to them as well. Awesome. 
then you just jump straight into some. See, we we start talking and we're already already trying to help each other out. But I also want to make space <laughs> for you to share your story with our listeners. How did you become a, an entrepreneur? What was your military background? So I spent 22 years total in the military, both uh, reserve and active time. I spent seven years um, in the Inspector General Corps. I spent three years in recruiting and retention, and the rest of my time was in the JAG Corps. So I was in the military, the military portion, you know, of of the uh, Army. So total of 22 years, and it was a it was a good career. You know, I enjoyed everything that I did. I think I re- enjoyed the recruiting part of it the most because during the recruiting, you were able to get out and you know, meet people and uh, try to bring people in. So recruiting was a lot of fun. Um, but you know, my, my entire career was, was great with the military. I mean, uh, the JAG Corps, when I first went in, in 1988, um, you know, the JAG didn't get mobilized, but then later, you know, things changed and they start mobilizing the JAG Corps with actually with the units so that they would have a military person there with them. Um, you know, so things changed over the years, but it was, it was, it was good. My service was, was outstanding. I met a lot of great people um, that I still uh, have association with. We actually have reunions and things like that. The uh, And there was a joke that goes around that the JAG, the only friend they have in the military is the IG. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when you're in the JAG Corps, people really don't want to hang out with you a lot because they don't want you to really know what's going on. But, um, you know, my IG duty was good, you know, um, and JAG Corps was good and recruiting was was a lot of fun and it was good too. So were you a lawyer? No, no, I was a paralegal okay. and I retired out as chief paralegal um, of the 416th Theater Engineer Command in Darien, Illinois. Got it. What rank did you get out at? E8. Love it. Master when, Sergeant. So you went to Ohio State while you were on active duty? No, uh-uh. I've been, I did reserve time as well, you know, and I graduated from Ohio State in 92. And then I went back and I graduated again in 2015 with a, a French degree. So I have a French degree also from uh, OSU. And then I graduated in 92 with political science and international studies was my degree there at Ohio State. And I was pre-law since I was in the JAG Corps. Uh, some of the attorneys had encouraged me to go to law school. But uh, when I took the pre-law courses, uh, it was hard. I had to use toothpicks to keep my eyes open <laughs> from all that reading. It was just kind of boring. And I was like, eh, I really didn't, didn't think I wanted to do that as a career. So, so I stayed enlisted. Um, and then I did some recruiting time and kind of went back. And, and when forth. did you start getting your feet wet with entrepreneurship? In 2008, I started a small HR consulting firm called Bright Star Consulting, and that's uh, I was the HR manager at the time at the uh, JCPenney Logistics Facility, and we would go out and do recruiting fairs there to try to bring talent into the JCPenney Logistics Group, and I noticed some of the students needed assistance, like with their resumes. Um, you know, their dress for success, their their professional presence and things like that. And so I started Bright Star Consulting and did some consulting work uh, with the colleges and universities, working with their career services 
um, and trying to improve uh, the professional presence of some of our diverse um, universities out there. And so I started doing that, but I worked at the same time full time. So it was just something that I did on the side. It wasn't a full time um, thing for me. Um, when I moved to Arizona, I was uh, stationed on Luke Air Force Base and I did it pro bono there, working with the troops there, would help them do their resumes and things like that. Uh, and since I was an employee there, I didn't charge anything. I just did it for them to uh, help them secure employment. So it's just something that I've done like on the side. Uh, but I do do work, you know, and do training and things like that for con on contract basis for companies, organizations, and things like that. But I don't charge my troops anything. You know, I love the, the soldiers. And um, I don't think I would be where I am today if I didn't have my military career. I learned a lot during those 22 years. What do you enjoy the most about entrepreneurship? Being your own boss, making your own hours, um, seeing your own objectives come to life, um, you know, doing the things that, that bring you pleasure. Um, you know, you can push your own initiatives instead of having to push someone else's initiatives. And so um, that's what I like about it. You know, you're in the driver's seat. You can do as much or as little as you want to. So you did your side hustles, right? Did a little consultant. And then you decided, you know what? I want to help more um, veterans and I'm going to launch a nonprofit. What was that process like getting it off the ground? So that process started actually during the pandemic. And so I had some engagements um, up at Ohio State University. I was going to do some training up there and uh, work on some other projects with them. And then the pandemic hit. And then so everything got canceled and Columbus was pretty much shut down. You know, you didn't even see cars hardly on the street. Um, so we were on lockdown for a while. And I really didn't have an online presence. And so I couldn't do training and things like that. I was trying to learn how to do Zoom, you know, how to do Google Meets and, and some of these online platforms. And so it was like a wake up call for me. I was like, you know, oh, my goodness, you know, what am I going to do? And so I just randomly started reaching out to some of the veteran owned businesses to see how they were handling the pandemic, uh, how it was affecting them. And then it just grew from there, you know, just started making those calls and and people had needs and concerns. And um, and I was like, you know what, you know, we all need to come together for mentorship and support. I support you. You can support me. You know, I can reach out to you. And and it just started to become a network. And so that's what it has become. I mean, if you attended the last expo People were meeting and, and networking and exchanging information. And um, so many people have called me and said they really it was really beneficial for them because they they made a whole lot of connections that they otherwise would not have made unless they attended the event. Um, you know, so the same thing happened last year. People, you know, they didn't know this person was veteran owned. And so we just we don't really promote that part in our businesses to let people know, yeah, I'm a veteran, you know, I served. So that's kind of how it came I, about. I know for a lot of people on the nonprofit side of the house, um, a big lift is getting that 501c3 registration so you can take donations. So I want to put people on some game that I learned. There are what they're called transactional lawyering clinics at 
universities that have law schools, law programs. And these are third year law students that are basically doing pro bono work um, to build their experience. And these programs, a lot of them, will help you get that 501c3 uh, registration done. So here in Newark, I went to Rutgers Newark Law School. I paid $25, right? And they helped me register Ironbound Boxing. I did not know that. Okay, thank you for that. Um, because I could reach out to them. It was very, very expensive to file all of the paperwork to start a nonprofit. Um, so I wish I had known that. And I hope people take advantage of it, you know, when they hear that, because it did cost a lot. And it was money that was paid out of pocket to start the nonprofit. Uh, Additionally, a lot of these universities, they have consulting programs, consulting classes. So they'll have MBA students that will work with local businesses, local nonprofits on like a, a consultant basis for, you know, course credit. Right. So I've done it both. I've done it with Ironbound Boxing. And I've done it with Ironbound Media, both at Rutgers Business School. And so this is another resource. I also did one with like some NYU students. I think it was a small business challenge um, that, that was taking place during uh, the pandemic where they mobilized all these university students to do consulting projects with small businesses. So these are resources that are available um, out there for you all beyond the bunker. I know we focus a lot on bunker and a lot of doing some ecosystem mapping you know, from what other uh, veteran organizations are doing. But these are just regular civilian organizations that are great opportunities. So I'm always, and I realized, you know, when we're talking, so many people will come to me and they're like, I'm so excited to finally get my nonprofit paperwork through. And I'm thinking, I'm like, I paid like $25. It was, you know, I had support and expertise to help me get it, get it done. But a lot of people, they felt like they needed, you know, it was a big lift. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it, it, it was very expensive. Um, so I'm definitely going to take advantage of that because uh, I still have a legal bill that needs to be paid and uh, I'm working on getting that taken care of. So I'm definitely going to be reaching out. I'll be making a, a trip up to OSU this week for that. I try to do some networking up there. And additionally, right, there are lawyers, law firms that will take you on as a pro bono client just off of a lot of your legal work. So we've always had pro bono legal here at Ironbound. Beyond the transactional lawyering clinic to help us get started, right? We've had Ropes and Gray that did a consultant, um, not consultant, but took us on as a pro bono client to help us get our registration forms for Ironbound. One of my board members is a lawyer. His firm has taken us on pro bono legal. So again, there's a lot of ways to, I don't know, um, there are a lot of ways to get support, but I'm just now starting to realize that everyone doesn't know this stuff. So I need to do a better job of communicating and sharing it um, with people. Yeah. Yeah. I really didn't know that. So thank you. I'll be taking advantage of that. So with so many VSOs out there, veteran service organizations, I feel like we have like 180,000, maybe more that are focused on helping veterans. How have you, um, thought about distinguishing Think Veteran First in like a value proposition from the other organizations out there. Because that could be a thing, that could be a challenge as well. Like you start talking to people and they're already donating to support, you know, other veteran organizations. Right. 
And so I have reached out to veteran organizations such as the American Legion, and they um, actually put a link for Think Veterans First on their website. So they've been kind of supportive. Um, I've reached out to DAV. Uh, they've been supportive also. Um, and so I've, I've tried to reach out to some others and I'm still working on that, um, you know, military times to try to do some promotion for the organization. I uh, made a trip up to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base to get support for the expo. And, uh, you know, I was well received there. Um, and they did do some advertising for us and things, but um, we need more. We need more. We're a new organization. And like you said, people don't know who we are or what we do. So we need all of the promotion that we can get. Well, hopefully this platform helps. And we should also get you on office hours too, you know, so we can do a live video and share it to um, everyone out there because you're doing a phenomenal work. Again, at the end of the day, um, people on the ground, in these communities, you're the ones responsible for building out these ecosystems and you're just doing it. You've been doing it, but you're just raising the bar for the rest of us. And so I just appreciate you for inviting me out. You sent me a copy of your book. Do you want to talk about your book real quick? <laughs> Absolutely. I sure do. So actually the book, I'm going to hold it up. If you can see it, Love it. it's called Think Veterans First, Pushing Through the pandemic for the win. And the book was published. It came out the week of the event. It actually came out the week of the event. And um, it's a fundraiser. It's uh, one means to raise funds for the organization and to continue some of the things that we're doing because we not only do Vet Ohio Expo, we also promote what's called Buy Veteran Week. And we got legislation for that through the 116th Congress. Um, it was pushed through by um, uh, one of our senators here, um, and he's no longer a senator, Steve Stivers. He's a military veteran, and at the time he was part of Congress, and he kind of helped us push this legislation through. But that actually gives us a national presence uh, with that legislation to support by Veteran Week. So. We during that week, we try to ask the public to support our veteran owned businesses. We publish lists and I've been getting some support from some of the uh, mayors that I've been reaching out to. Actually, Mayor Begney in um, Reynoldsburg, the city of Reynoldsburg, he issued a citation to all of his veteran owned businesses um, and just to bring awareness to them and presented it to them. So. Uh, just out there doing whatever we can to bring awareness to who our veteran-owned businesses are. So Think Veterans First, it talks about um, our transition, you know, how we started as BiVet, how we transitioned to Think Veterans First, and it talks about a little bit about why we had to change the name, uh, because I had, there was so much branding that was done under BiVet. I know people were confused when they said, Think Veterans First, well, what is that? Um, so the book just talks about the organization, um, what we do, what our mission is, what our purpose is. Um, and it's just to bring awareness to the organization and to raise funds at the same time so that we can continue some of the things that we're doing and even add to that. So it's out there for sale on Amazon right now. Think Veterans First, Pushing Through the Pandemic for the Win. Um, and, and I mean, and it has been a win for the last two years. Like I said, if you've uh, attended the events um, and seen some of the network 
that's going on. And we're starting a new initiative now. Winning is going to be called Winning Together, where we can bring maybe one of our food trucks in and do a book signing at one of the veteran-owned businesses, you know, and just kind of create that excitement around the book, uh, promote the um, veteran-owned business at the same time. And also, you know, we have food trucks that are veteran-owned, you know, just to give them some um, acknowledgement, too, and some publicity and put it out there. They are veteran-owned, so. Did you write the book? Yes, I did. I My picture's on the back. Yeah. There I am. Yeah. How was the process? This was actually uh, my first time, and I'm going to give a shout out and a kudos to Miss Renee Bob, uh, the book publishing lady, because she was very instrumental in helping me to put this together and to get it published. So um, she's also part of the Bunker Lab family. Um, and so I was a part of one of her cohort, cohorts, the one that um, cohort four that you came and spoke to us there when I. That's the first time I had become aware of you. I didn't know you before then. But uh, Renee Bob, she was instrumental in helping me to get that published in time for the event. So it worked out well. You know what it is? I'm the people's entrepreneur. <laughs> I might steal that. I might use that for some branding, y'all. Just like Muhammad Ali, the people's champ. I'm the people's entrepreneur. Like, <laughs> if y'all are listening to this platform, you know, if I'm on LinkedIn, you know me, you know. Um, yeah. like to support. And so it's crazy how like we know of each other, but then we come together and it's like love, like we've known each other forever. Right. And um, we had a lot of dynamic speakers uh, to come out while I was part of the cohort group. Um, but when I heard you, Mike, I was like, wow, you know, that was a powerful presentation that you provided for us. And I so I was really thankful for that. And I, I, I always keep that in mind, the things that I learned. So as you're looking towards the future, what's your BHAG? What's that big, hairy, audacious goal that you're chasing towards? Well, the goal I would love to see Think Veterans First all across the country, because I think our veterans are all over the country. And um, like I said, we had veterans come in from Pennsylvania, California, Atlanta, different places. But I think there's enough space for each state to have their own Vet Ohio Expo or something similar, Vet Vetlanta or whatever you want to call it. Um, I would like to see it all across the country because our veterans, you know, have served and people need to know who they are, you know, and what they do. Um, I'm also, <laughs> one of my goals is to create a database and I need funding for it. I don't have it right now. But it, it would be similar to like an Angie's List, where if you're looking for someone to do home construction, painting, lawn care, uh, if you need someone, you know, to paint a mural for you, all of our veteran owned businesses would be on this database, something that you could just query and find quickly. So I've been working on that with some companies, too, but I need funding. You know, I was going to reach out to Google and Microsoft and different ones to see if I could get some kind of a grant to support something like that, I think it would be Angie's list is, is great, but it doesn't specify who's veteran owned and who's not. So I think, um, you know, there needs to be something just for us, you know, to identify who we are and what we do that would really make it so much easier for people to identify us if they need a product or service. 
And so hopefully that's another um, long range goal that I would like to see happen. As we wrap up here, I got two questions for you. Number one, what words of encouragement or advice would you like to leave with our listeners as they are in the midst of their own entrepreneurial journey? And number two, as a community, how can we support and elevate the work you're doing at Think Veterans First? Well, as far as words of encouragement, the one thing that I would say is never stop, never give up. There's going to be challenges, difficulties. You know, you're going to run into the hole a few times. Uh, but someone mentioned to me when you hit rock bottom, there's a trampoline at the bottom. <laughs> you just bounce right back up, you know, and keep it, keep it moving. Do whatever you can to keep it moving. Um, sometimes you might have to take a step back. But don't let that deter you from your why, why you really wanted to start your business. Um, stay with it, you know, and don't give up. And then as far as a community, just sharing, you know, who we are, what we do. Um, and if there's any opportunities that you might come across where, you know, we could get a little bit of recognition, you know, just make sure you're mentioning, oh, think veterans first. They, you know, they're stationed in Ohio, but they promote veteran owned businesses because I've reached out to people all over the state, you know, and I, I, I used to do something called fireside chats and I had uh, businesses from Tennessee, uh, Texas, you know, just all over where I would come into contact with veteran owned businesses out there doing great things in the community, but people don't know. So if there's any opportunities out there for you to share what Think Veterans First is and what we're doing, you know, that would be, that would be awesome. And I'll do the same for you for sure. I'll be out there yeah. blasting it. If I find out you're veteran owned, I'll be trying to tell the story. So love it. Well, I'll be sure to include a link to your website in our show notes, as well as a link to your Amazon page. So people can purchase the book. Y'all, we got to support Regina. Right. She's one of our own. Y'all can just feel her energy through the, uh, <laughs> through the podcast. This is somebody you want to hang around. This is someone you want to know because she's doing great work for the community. Be sure to also uh, subscribe to our newsletter for the transition podcast at the link in the show notes. Have not sent our newsletter in a minute, but I will. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or in the newsletter, shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org or message me directly on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. Until next time, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week, everyone.